Oh, yeah. I could talk about potatoes alone for like 45 minutes. Mr. Jones, I know you're talking. We can't hear you. We see you. That's a stupid mute button. Uh, you're, you're one of them. Uh, I was saying, as uh, Mr. Leon was, uh, I'm an expert in potatoes, and you have no idea how big of an expert of potatoes I am. Bottle of Brown podcast. I am your host, Danny Paul. With me is the Regent of Rage, the King of Columbus, Leon Coventry, ladies and gentlemen. Danny, that is a good one. I like that. That would be a good, a good title for you. We also have with us our other vice host. What can we what can we say about this man? The Wizard of Walnut Creek. <laughs> he is the you know, the Pharaoh of Finance, the Sultan of San Francisco, the Baron of the Bay. Mr. Jones, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That was quite an intro. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. It's uh, good to see you, you gentlemen. You're doing, looks like you're all doing well. How are you boys feeling? Fat and happy. Fat and happy. I like still, it. still I like fat it. from Thursday last week. Reach. Any turkey left in the fridge? No. Uh, no. All gone. No. Oh, yeah. Devoured. Yeah. Happy well. to say that I uh, pulled off my first successful 3-2-1 ribs. Oh, and mm-hmm. that, was the, that was the Friday after Thanksgiving. This great ain't me. It, was, it mm-hmm. went down great. It went down. Mm. Got, the, uh, got the thumbs up from the brother-in-law, who you guys know. I got the thumbs up from mom. So it was a good, nice family event. Uh, everything went out great. Good win. How'd, nice you guys spend, awesome. uh, how'd you guys spend your after turkey day? <laughs> uh, working. 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 Yeah. Working. Oh, it's not oh, a suck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, not a holiday in Europe. It's a holiday. It's America here. Still not a holiday. <laughs> Still a day you have to work. You just get it off. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, I didn't do a full day, but I did have to go up in the attic, pull out all the Christmas decorations, figure out what twinkles and what doesn't, what made it through the the, the last year, um, and then uh, somehow go out and buy spend seven hundred dollars more at Lowe's to figure out uh, I need more twinkling lights that I don't need. <laughs> that's As better than me i had to buy a new tree <laughs> oh that sucks we had this we had the horrible uh, rainstorm last month october and uh the shed where i keep the tree uh didn't stay as watered tight as i wish <laughs> so the tree was kind of moldy so bitches um yep that was my purchase new shed mm-hmm. get off the shed tree. <laughs> be a buddy get, get off, off the shed, the shed. <laughs> I will punch you in the face. Oh, deep cuts, Leon. Well done. What uh, what's our brand for this evening, Leon? What are you rocking? I am as boring as possible, but in quantity. I am going for the large Costco bottle, nine year <laughs> knob creek. The knob. The hey, it's a hundred proof and it's I delicious. I do love the knob creek. 
Hey, who won you, the, uh, the March the March Madness again? It did, make the, it did make the bracket. Yeah, I believe that was the winner. Well, the single barrel was the, was the winner of the bracket. Are you rocking the yeah. single barrel? Or no, 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 no. This no. is not the single barrel. You're doing junior varsity. All right. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, hey, still good. I'm uh, rocking the Maker's Mark 101 limited release. Uh, nice, you know. Oh, ready to bounce. Maker's Mark, good winner. Pretty. Got your, got your wax top. Well done. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am Danny. I am rocking the M&H Whiskey Distillery Classic. This one comes to us from the Around the Brown segment I did a couple episodes ago. It is the number one most expensive city in the world, Tel Aviv. What? No kidding. This is Tell my me. Israeli jam because I'm classy and expensive, and tonight I'm drinking... The hooch from the classy and expensive, most expensive city in the world. Rounding up the top three were Singapore and Pali. Yeah, I asked Paris you guys earlier sense. about the top five. It was Zurich, number four, and Hong Kong, number uh, five. Hong Kong. Makes sense. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think if you were to designate any stadium in the United States as its own country, it would become the most expensive place on the planet because only there is where french fries cost 18 dollars and beers cost 23 dollars. so i'm gonna say any stadium in the united states most expensive zip code texas stadium for sure yes that's a big bitch it's a huge good barbecue it is good barbecue it's a trade-off though isn't it good barbecue's got the got the expensive stadiums anyway let's talk about brown how you doing Whiskey and whiskey. This is the darkest brown you got. Yeah. Say, Holmes, uh, where they hiding the scotch? What about, um, brown? That's code for bourbon. Great stuff, this bourbon. Comes from a land called Kentucky. Talk about brown. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Scotch? Oh, yes, I, I think so. Can I have one more of these with some booze in it, please? Tonight, we talk about... What I, I some some might say this is a tragedy. I don't say this is a tragedy. This comes to us from the BBC out of North Yorkshire. North Yorkshire, of course, known for its pudding. No offense to our British listeners. That's just how educated we are about your area of the world. The Tan Hill Inn is known for getting cut off in heavy snowfall because of its location. Dozens of customers at Britain's highest pub are set to spend a third night trapped by heavy snowfall brought by Storm Arwen. Guests got stuck at the Tan Hill Inn in the Yorkshire Dales on Friday after going to watch an Oasis tribute band. Yes. They are unable to leave because nearby roads are not usable, partly due to fallen power cables. Manager Nicola Townsend said everyone was in good spirits and that some people did not want to leave. As you do. <laughs> did they this, run out? Uh, no, it doesn't sound like it, but you got stuck with an Oasis tribute band. At some point, you're going to run out of albums, right? <laughs> it, I guess it could be worse in a way. So, look back and shut the fuck up. <laughs> the bandmates all of a sudden jump out into a fist fight with each other. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's yeah. Like how how accurate of a tribute band are they? Did the front man and the lead guitarist get in fist fights on stage? It could have been the Hanson tribute band. That yeah, would have been yes. horrible for everyone. Um, Boom-bop, um, bop over over Like the guy that got stuck on the small world Disneyland. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you torture. Uh, guests at the inn, which is 1,700 feet above sea level, woke up to about three feet of snow on Saturday, with it going all the way up near to the bedroom windows. That's interesting to me. 1,700 feet is the snow line in Britain. 
They got to be really oh. far north. Yeah, that's up there. Uh, tunnel has since been dug out the front door of the pub, but because of damage to power cables, the roads are unusable. Ms. Townsend said 61 people had so far spent two nights there with many, including members of the band, having to set up camp in the pub's lounge. She said 40 were pre-booked guests while others had gone to the pub for a drink on Friday. She added, it's just been a lovely and everyone is in really good spirits. They formed quite a friendship, like a big family in the best way I can describe it. One lady actually said, I don't want to leave. <laughs> she said staff had put on activities to keep people entertained, including a quiz and board games, and that a karaoke evening was planned for later. The manager added the mountain rescuers had made it through the snow to attend to one guest who needed medical attention for an ongoing issue. One of the guests, Martin Overton, said the atmosphere was very good with plenty of beer available. <laughs> All right. $64,000 question. Once the rescue hikers got there, did they stay for a pint? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, everybody dreams of this. I would love for this to happen to me one day. Can you imagine? That'd be amazing. As long as the beer is flowing and you're not in danger of heat, uh, you know, the heat escaping or oxygen or basic necessities, who doesn't want to get stuck in a pub for three days? That'd be amazing. Uh, let's see. I'm quite chilled about being stranded. It's quite exciting, but we're missing our son who is with us and his Nana. Uh, I'm wondering how long we'll be here for though. I oh, said, so left the kid with the Nana and got stranded in the pub for three days. Must be paying the Nana overtime. Elsewhere in North Yorkshire, the after effects of the severe weather have continued to cause disruption. So it's not all sunshine and rainbows up there, but if you're going to get stuck somewhere for three days, do it at the pub. <clears throat> Did That's they fine. not see a weather system coming in now? I don't know. I mean, you're, you're looking at these photos. I mean, some of these, like the cars are buried. Like it's, if the blizzard came in or are they just having a good time no, listening you to know. Uh, Champagne you know. Supernova? How awesome was Champagne Supernova? Did they play before or after everybody knew they were stuck? Because <laughs> you know, it's like, like the British Sweet Caroline, dude. When that, when that chorus hits on Champagne Supernova, if you're not screaming it, you're dead inside. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, where, where in this article did was the guy that got murdered for singing how many bottles? 99 bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> I don't. I failed to see Get that out. section. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see oh, it. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, it, it might have been, uh, you know, it might have been, uh, what, was, what was the number here? It might have been 62 people. And they only reported 61 because the body has yet to fall. <laughs> yeah. And those 61 are all in agreement that we're not going to talk about that yep. guy. Neither here nor there. Anyway, that's Brown for tonight. That's a good one. Let's get on to business news. News team. Assemble. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. And I got news for you. For business news tonight, we go to The Verge. Qualcomm's new always-on smartphone camera is a potential privacy nightmare. Next year's Android smartphones will be watching you. Your phone's front camera is always securely looking for your face, even if you don't touch it or raise to wake it. That's how Qualcomm Technologies Vice President of Product Management, Judd Heap, introduced the company's new always-on camera capabilities in the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 processor set to arrive in top-shelf Android phones early next year. 
Depending on who you are, that statement can either be exciting or terrifying. For Qualcomm, it thinks this new feature will enable you new use cases, like being able to wake and unlock your phone without having to pick it up or have it instantly lock when it no longer sees your face. Do I need to read this anymore? Are we? We get it. Where, where my dog's at? Is this is this violation or where are we with this? I think I think we're getting on the line. But you know what this sounds like? Talk to me. Three, Chris. four years ago, when uh, Amazon's speaker came out. I, I'm yeah, Alexa, on Alexa. The name. Alexa, thank you. And everyone's like, "Well, Alexa's always listening to you. They have to because you have to say, hey, Alexa, and it's got to be listening for that.'" So it's an invasion of privacy. It's listening to you all the time. And it was a big deal and it was super hot and, you know, it was catching things that it shouldn't have caught. And then it just kind of went away, you know, like when was the last time you heard anyone care about that? Yeah, um, but and- I think it kind of morphed itself into today where it's like, you know, we're talking about, I don't care to pick something handbags or, you know, it's Christmas time cameras. And the next thing we know, like you go onto your Facebook feed and, Oh, look, there's a camera for sale. And all of a sudden coming in my ad lines or Google will have it kind of pop up. I think that's kind of maybe where it morphed itself from the original. It's always listening to it's always listening. And here are the ads. Yeah. Yeah. Probably speaks to a certain age. If you're, if you're a certain age, you give a shit. If you're a kid, you know, you've always been watched. So I, maybe it doesn't matter. I just not that I'm not that interesting. So I've never really freaked out about it. Uh, I, but I think it is creepy. You know, sometimes when my phone's like, Hey, you're the, just so you know, the traffic going home is 35 minutes. Like, how did you know I was getting ready to go <laughs> home? I never talked to you asshole. Yeah. So you enter your phone to chime from your pocket. Leon, did you know if you use your left hand, they call it the European? Like, hey, <laughs> not the time. You get more torque if you turn it upside down. <laughs> I don't know. I, there's a level of a relationship I don't want to have with my device. <laughs> but for those of us with any sense of how modern technology is used to violate our privacy, a camera on our phone that's always capturing images, even when we're not using it, sounds like the stuff of nightmares. <clears throat> and has a cost to our privacy that far outweighs any potential convenience benefits. Qualcomm's main pitch for this feature is for unlocking your phone anytime you glance at it, even if it's just sitting on a table or propped up on a stand. You don't need to pick it up or tap the screen or say a voice command. It just unlocks when it sees your face. That just reminds me of a dog that's hungry. So you got a dog on the other side of the room, you glance that way and the dog jumps up and it's like, that's annoying. Stop it. That's what your phone's going to be. Your phone's going to be a hungry dog. Is it necessary though? No. Right? Is it? Is is? Do you, what do you, I don't know what you guys have. I have an iPhone. Uh, I have one. I don't have the newest version, but I have the, the face recognition one. And when I pick it up and look at it, it works. You know, I mean, am I creepily like easing over my phone until it sees my face <laughs> and I wanted to turn on? It doesn't make any sense. Like, why is that technology even necessary? I don't know. The company is also spinning it as making your phone more secure by automatically locking the phone when it no longer sees your face or detects someone looking over your shoulder and snooping on your group chat. That's um, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, it can also never. suppress private information or notifications from popping up if you're looking at the phone with somebody else. Basically, if you're not looking at it, your phone is locked. If it can see you, it will be unlocked. But if it can see you and someone else it can automatically lock the phone or hide private information or notifications from displaying on the screen 
That's interesting as a feature, provided you have control over it. Uh, the challenge with the camera always being on is if it thinks it sees you, or what if you're in low light and the phone can't see you? Is there a, you know, I'm waiting for the manual override. That's the danger of automation is when it doesn't work. I, uh, I mean, I think if you're, if you're buying that bullshit, I got lots of swampland. I can sell you for real cheap. It's, it's not more security. That is that even a thing? Do people even worry about that? I think it's I, just I a know. stab. I think they're just trying to find a stab to to you know gain some competition piece against the other market marketers in there. So it's you know it, it takes over the Googles, it takes over the kind uh, of benign Apples. privacy, right? Like if someone's looking over your shoulder, like, hey, get out of here. That's not the insidious privacy we're talking about, where they trace your every step or, you know, target knows if you're pregnant or, you know, some of the other things that are kind of gross violations of, you know, I didn't ask for help with this. That's, those are usually the privacy violations that I think people worry about. I, I think, well, you know, I think this is technology is very much like the liquor industry in general. We've talked about it. Some liquors like vodka, uh, I wouldn't say tequila, but they have a shorter runway. They have to plan on what they, what the future of this is going to be five, seven, 10, up to 22 years, 21 years out, right? Mm. They have to guess what is going to be important to people and how important, and then roll the dice and see what happens in 20 years. I think technology is very similar. It's it moves very very quickly. Everyone knows that it's moving very quickly, but this technology was in development five years ago, yeah. ten years ago. So they didn't know that maybe they were going too far. Then they thought maybe that's where we are. But I don't. I think it's not necessary at this point. I I don't I don't think anyone's looking for it. To to Mr. Jones point i i think it's something that i don't this know is a, this is I a solution a in in problem that's right there you go thank you that was that's a great way to articulate yep. it yep. <laughs> um so after the initial running of the argument the same product manager came back and wanted to clarify which of course is what you do when you're fully innocent you want to clarify the always on camera is limited to a vga 640 by 480 pixel resolution even though it uses the phone's existing front-facing camera and the rest of the phone systems, the main processor, cellular radios, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, et cetera, are turned off. Heap says this low-power ISP cannot capture photos or video, and no image or video is stored in this process. It only scans to detect if there is a face or not. If the machine learning algorithm determines a face is detected, the rest of the phone systems are awakened to authenticate the user and unlock the phone or deny access to it. It is impossible in the low power state to get an image out of it. So that is, uh, okay, all right, good on you. Good answer. But I'm wondering about ways that it could be faked. Can you hold up a picture of someone's face? Can you project someone's face onto a mannequin? Like the whole idea of anything that's automatic is that it can be tricked because a system is only as smart as the protocols that you put in place. And so the idea of um, we're getting kind of towards the, uh, towards the crank area here, but unlawful search and seizure, if they can just wave your face in front of your phone, mm -hmm. isn't that a violation? 
Well, I mean, we can go way down deep into the uh, conspiracy zone, right? We, you know, all the computer monitors we have or cameras are on whenever they want it to be on. They could see whatever they want to see. The, the your phone can see whatever it wants to see. I'd buy into some of that if they really want to see it. Um, but I, I feel like those are one-offs when your phone is doing it all by itself and you know it is transmitting information to sell you shit and to identify you and pick about, pick apart tendencies that you have. You feel violated, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of people are like, oh, that was, that's convenient. You know, that's what I needed to know at this time. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the point that like people are profiting off that though. Like they're take they're, they're like, they're using your history, your speech, your image, and then they profit off of it without your dollar, without, you don't get a cut of it. You basically, the profit is you searching and scrolling and looking into it and getting deeper down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Is it a net positive? Does the utility outweigh the potential downfall of if you get falsely accused for something? Um, the article closes off. It's also possible that the smartphone manufacturers using the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 processor won't even enable this feature at the hardware level. Since Qualcomm doesn't actually make the smartphones its chips go in, outside of perhaps one-off novelties, companies like Samsung, OnePlus, and Xiaomi can customize which features are enabled on their phones and which are not and that an OEM can request a Snapdragon chip with the feature disabled at the hardware level. Some of those companies already bypass Qualcomm's image processing components in favor of their own solutions. It's not hard to see them just skipping the criticisms of privacy concerns and foregoing this feature as well. Um, I can see Samsung or Apple doing it. Certainly not Xiaomi or any of the Chinese manufacturers. They definitely want to keep an eye on things. Anyway, food for thought. If you... Thought the technology was out there? Trust your instincts. What Leon said is, if they haven't worked on it yet, they will. Everyone's trying to beat each other and get there first. <clears throat> like Ricky Bobby always said, you're not first, you're last. Let's go to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Today's crank file comes to us from NBC News, and it hits w straight out of NBC. my family tree, and it makes me laugh to no end. The headline reads, China-linked disinformation campaign blames COVID on, you guessed it, Maine lobsters. Well, I mean, that's obvious. Obvious. As you do, of course. The University yeah. of Oxford found evidence the pro-China social media accounts are pushing a new thread of propaganda related to the origins of the pandemic. In mid-September, Marcel Schliebs, a disinformation researcher at the University of Oxford who had been tracking messaging that Chinese diplomats and state media spread on Twitter, spotted the emergence of a surprising coronavirus origin theory. It did not come from a wet market in the Wuhan province. It came from frozen Maine lobsters shipped in to said seafood market. It was the lobster. It was the lot. You got me. It was the lobster. I had a, I had a tail and a couple of claws and the claws had the, the, the COVID. Mm hmm. It's the insects that did it. Well, at the risk of being completely boycotted, this this podcast getting boycotted in the country of China. And I apologize <laughs> for any of the Magic 25 that may be from China. Yeah. There's just I, something. I don't. This isn't 
political guys. It's not. Are there any political. members of the Chinese Communist Party? In, there are things in the Magic that are blatantly go fuck obvious. Yourself. First place it showed up and took a lot of people out was Wuhan, China, which also happens to be the place where the Institute of Virology exists, where they invent viruses no one's ever seen before. Why are we researching this? Why are we investigating? It's blatantly fucking obvious, but we're all like, oh, but, but it, it could be over here. Who's falling for that misdirection? It's, it's obvious. Just, okay. Even if China goes, yeah, it was us. So what are we going to do about it? Uh, oh, nothing. Well, exactly. So let's just move on. Like, let's stop trying to find other scenarios or, or circumstances where this could have come out of. And Maine lobsters, that's that's rich. That's Amongst all I got to say about a that series butter. of theories that have been pushed by pro-China accounts since the start of the pandemic. Some of the accounts were unsophisticated sock puppets with very few or zero followers. Uh, attribution's really difficult. A postdoctoral researcher of computational propaganda at Oxford's program on democracy and technology. But we can see there's a coordinated effort and that it's a pro Chinese narrative. This kind of gets into um, if you're going to put together a postdoctoral researcher of computational propaganda at Oxford, yes, the Oxford, it strikes me very much as something Leon always says. How have we not cured cancer by now? Yeah, this is, this is your postdoctoral thesis, Maine Lobster. Oh, and we've we've pulled people out from researching cancer and cures for all the different cancers to figure out something that's already blatantly obvious. Let, let's 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 get the the smartest minds on this. Sorry, uh, Maine's lobster industry has been caught in the crossfire of U.S.-China trade relations for several years, according to U.S. Census Bureau data. American live lobster exports to China, a major buyer of seafood plummeted by more than 40% in 2019 after China imposed heavy tariffs on U.S. lobsters during President Donald Trump's trade war with China. U.S. Yeah, lobster exports to China rebounded in 2020 as China eased restrictions on the industry. But some experts are concerned about the possibility of future seafood sanctions from China. This always fascinates me because as late as the, as the late 60s and the early 70s, lobster was still a poor person's food. We kind of talked mm. about this offline when we were talking about AJ Franklin and how he views barbecue. It's like the the poor person's mm -hmm. food has somehow flipped and become a delicacy. Like, why is it cool to eat kale? Why why <laughs> did why did the ocean's cockroach become a delicacy? It's it speaks to me of the absurdity of luxury brands. But the fact that my beloved Maine lobster is now embroiled in a controversy. <laughs> across the Pacific for a global pandemic. It's very sad. Very sad. Pour some out. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. My mother said, if you have nothing nice to say, you don't say nothing at all. And that's what I'm going to do here. Good idea. Park the car in Harvard Yard and walk it off. That wraps you, you up the know, Click, 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 click. <laughs> Let's get on to Leon's favorite because Florida. Today's Florida 
Today's Because Florida comes to us from the Florida Keys News, dated November 9th, 2021. I sat on this one for a month just for you guys because this one made me laugh. The headline, you ready for the headline? Here we go. It's going to go down right now. His cellmate passed too much gas, so he knocked out two of his teeth, Florida Keys cops say. Christopher James Callen had been serving time in Monroe County Jail in the Florida Keys on a charge of failing to register as a sex offender since September. On Thursday, he attacked his 57-year-old cellmate, beating him so badly that he knocked out two of the man's teeth and broke one of his ribs, according to the sheriff's office. The reason for Callen's rage, Callen, the registered sex offender, he told deputies was because his cellmate passes gas too often and doesn't give any courtesy flushes when using the toilet. The other man, whom the sheriff's office did not name, was taken to the Lower Keys Medical Center for treatment for his injuries. Callan was originally arrested on September 13th, according to Monroe County Clerk of the Court Records. He is listed on the Florida Department of Law Enforcement's Sexual Offender Database for his September 7th, 2012 conviction for felony menacing in Boulder, Colorado. They travel. All right, it's time for role play because I would like <laughs> our audience to understand <laughs> how this went down. Which character would you like to play, Danny? Um, I would like to do a traditional kabuki theater where I don't actually say anything. I only provide the pantomime and the sound effects. So I believe I will be the unnamed um, assailee who eventually loses teeth and ribs. Are you ready? Mr. Jones, are you the farter or the smeller in this scenario? I'm the farter. You're the right, farter. So you and I got okay. you and I got to work together, Jones, because I'm your yeah. I'm your sound box. You ready? Yeah. All right. This is how this is how this this went. Wait, wait, what, wait. What, what's the name? Kalen was it? Which which? Alan. Who's the, Alan is the is the attacker and okay. the attacked is not listed, but he is 57 years old. So, Mr. Jones, you got to be old. Hey, man, is that you on the toilet again? Well, well, I, I can't help it. It's, it's this goddamn gravy that it keeps serving down in the cafeteria. Well, what can't, do? I, can't I get a goddamn courtesy flush over here? Well, it, it's backed up because you, you you clogged it up earlier. I, you know that ain't true. You know well, what? Hey, I'll tell you, I'm going to bust your teeth out. You don't stop it. Oh, oh sorry. I, I can't. I can't help it. It's just, it's just a little gas. It smells like roses. My mama always said it smells like roses coming out. Oink. Wipe your ass and get off that toilet. <laughs> oh, it's just I, I can't right now. I, I don't. I don't want to. Don't have an accident. For the God. <laughs> Was that your ass again? Was it, that your ass? Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I had a little pee came out this time. That's a, did you have asparagus? Because that is the smelliest piss I've ever had. If you do it one more time, I'm knocking your teeth out. You hear me? Yeah, it was. I, I just can't keep off that stuff. It's just so good. All the strings stuck in my teeth. Teeth. Tooth. Sorry. Yes, tooth. <laughs> that's a and scene. You know, that's a good point. How do we even know this guy had two teeth to lose? It is Florida. We never actually got to the assault. You guys just kept discussing things. Where, where does you? Where do we get to the ribs and the teeth? I was ready to go for it. 
you just you're just doing all the foreplay, Leon. <laughs> I'm just having too much fun over here. Pow! Right in the kisser. Don't mind me. I'm just over here on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. Gentlemen, you need to do that more often. No. Crank file scenes. No. <laughs> Brought to you by Florida. <sighs> Thank you, Florida. The Sunshine State. This is a bottle of brown role play. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> that wraps up Florida. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's get into parenting. We can make kids right now. That's why we're here. It's not the years. It's the mileage. So I got a weird one for parenting today uh, because parenting is, it's an oddball kind of umbrella segment that we do here on the show. And it kind of morphs itself into cooking what it is to be a parent as well as the active art of raising a child. And uh, I had a very unique experience tonight where uh, my wife made kind of um, not crinkle cut fries, but I'm not even sure what you would call them. What, what's the classic Orida uh, grocery store, frozen aisle, ridged French fry? What, what would you call that? But well, if, I call it that a, if it were a potato chip, it'd be a ruffle, but what would you call it as, as, as a French fry? I mean, that is crinkle cut. That's what I would call yeah. that. Okay. Crinkle so then, because yeah. I think Carl's Jr. uses the waffle fry and calls it crinkle cut. No. Well, they're, all right. that's so, madness. All right. So fuck them. So we made crinkle cut fries. And then as we were making it, the nine-year-old was pulling off the ends, you know, like it was the crust of the bread. And of course that started an argument and we started getting into, why don't you eat more? And it was, it was a thing. So that to me kind of classifies this a little bit as parenting. So oh, yeah. this comes from uh, chris-williams.me forward slash fry dash universe. The fry universe. You probably like some types of fries more than others. The 3D modeling of various fry shapes illuminates why this might be. So for those of you listening at home, you can check out the URL posted in the show notes. But we have at the top a ridged chip, similar to the Ruffles brand. We have a waffle fry, something that you might get at uh, Chick-fil-A. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Carl's Chick-fil-A. Carl's Chick-fil-A. Okay. Then you got a curly fry, which is of Arby's fame. You've got a straight fry, as Jacqueline used to say when we were in high school. You got a tater <laughs> yes. top, which is basically a cylinder. Then you've got the whole potato by itself and the potato wedge, all versions of the spud that we find at our favorite bar food establishments. As you scroll down as part of the website's content management system, you find out that the best way is the curly fry as opposed to the solid potato by itself. This is to fry it. Yeah. Intuitively, you know that curly fries and straight up potatoes are very different. You might even prefer one to the other, but why? It turns out that a key difference between fry forms is how fried they can be. To quantify this, fries were modeled in 3D to measure their fried and unfried proportions. When we're talking about fried in terms of surface area versus unfried, we're talking about volume. So the actual surface on the outside 
that actually touches the frying uh, grease or the oil versus the interior surface. So, so far, not an issue. Visualizing the fried versus the unfried, we have a total surface area and a total volume. So if you look at the actual ratio of unfried to fried surfaces, the curly fry really has the surface area going on versus the potato, which doesn't. Visualizing fried and unfried measurements across the fry universe shows that each are unique. And so if you actually look at these, this 3D data breakdown suggests that square footage is really the jam. Now, this is an interesting one to me. I didn't realize that the rigid chip would have more surface area than, say, the waffle fry because the waffle fry has holes in it. Hmm. So this one kind of woke me up. And then if we go down a little bit further, you guys can see the breakdown in the, in the percentages here. From those of you listening at home, it's a dark blue circle <coughs> with a lighter blue concentric circle on the inside. The dark blue circle is the surface area. The inside is the volume. So you can see the surface area to volume ratio is how you get the less or the more fried. So for those of you that like ruffles, you technically have the best chip right now. You guys want to chime in on this as we're going? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways to enjoy potatoes. And this one's only talking about the fried. All I can think about, though, coming fresh out of Thanksgiving, and one of the most popular ways to make a turkey is frying it, which is so counterintuitive to everything that's happening on this screen. And I wish you could watch a ma Magic 25. But this is talking about how surface we will, we area. We will post this in the show notes. Uh, it, surface area leads to you know taste or or you know more or less fried, but the surface area of a turkey versus how much meat is on the inside. Uh, it, it's the tater tot of what we're looking at here. <laughs> so it's uh, crispy on the outside and mushy on the inside. I don't know why it comes out so good. So I, I need to know, I need the same breakdown for all the different ways of making Turkey so that I can better <laughs> it's kind understand. Of something to do with interior moisture and, and cell structure. Yeah, it's when a, you, it's when a you smoke something on the cook. outside or when you steam it, you've got moisture on the inside. I mean, how much moisture do you have in a potato? I mean, mm. yeah, where were you going to go with this Jones? Look like you had an idea. No, I mean, it's just, the, the, just the point is, I think what's interesting is I thought the French fry would have more surface area, but it's interesting the way the curly fry is. But I guess to Leon's point is that it's a slow cook when you put the turkey in. That's why it works that way. Um, I, and I guess to this is, you know, getting to do people like hard, crispy fries or do they like the softer wedge fry? I'm one that ah. doesn't like wedge fries. And so if you're a wedge fry person, you like the mushy center. Um, and I'm one that likes, you know, a harder crispy fry, which, you know, depends on what you put on it or how you cook it. You boil it first and then put cornstarch on it and fry it, it can be crispier too. So just a uh, technique and, um, a wrench in the yeah, the way they, uh, I like it. Shape. I'm just proud to be American. That's what I know. So fun this fact, is, this is McDonald's fries. Right. If you were to reverse engineer McDonald's fries, because I found an article that speaks to exactly this, the McDonald's fries are blanched in vinegar before they are flash frozen and put in those brown paper bags. Huh. Such that when they are immediately thrown from frozen into oh. 500 degree oil, 
what you get is an immediate crisp on the outside with a gooey inside because uh, based on some of these illustrations you can see here is you want the inside to be doughy and you want the outside to be crispy. So when you break into it, what you're effectively getting is the potato form of like a Cadbury egg. Mm -hmm. And I can speak to this in terms of go down to your local Costco and get a pizza. They're going to cook that thing up at 500 degrees and whisk it through there because that's about turnaround time. But when you finally sit down with that beautiful, luscious nine inch slice, what you're going to find is the outside is crispy and the inside is gooey because for the most part, that pizza's raw. But yeah. if you get enough crisp on the outside, enough chew on the inside, that goes back to the essence of really, really good French bread. Like a really nice, fresh baguette is going to give you that outside bulletproof crust while on the inside being very tender because for the most part, you're dealing with two different levels of doneness in dichotomy to each other. And I'm thinking really about some nice loaf of garlic bread right now with a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, it's a good thing this show is entitled Bowl of Green because we'd be absolutely eating our arms off right now. (laughs) Adult entertainment, baby. (laughs) Turn the lights down. But anyway, if we're going to go back to kind of the basic premise of what we like is red meat brown liquor where do you go after that salted potatoes absolutely what's your favorite favorite? am i what's your favorite i need an answer right now what is your favorite fry i'm a uh i'm a waffle guy Uh, i'm the curly Hmm. Hmm. i like crisp and this would show that i like that crispy and i guess the flavor is better too about you, Leon? What's yours? What's your jam? Uh, I'm going to go curly. If you had to choose today, curly. But I'm on a tater tot kick right now. I've so. never turned down tater tots yet, to be fair. Uh, it's because they're more rare. And when they come around and you do it, you're like, oh, I'm going to do the tater tot. And, yeah, and the very, very rare homemade tater tot is ooh. almost impossible to beat. But you don't. It's very hard to make. I even watched a uh, a uh, dry, diners, drive-ins, and dives. If you ever watch that show, there's a couple episodes where he goes and gets the homemade tater tots. They never look like that. How, I, how does have, one do a homemade tater tot with a minute and a half that we have left? Uh, you shred it up. You put some kind of binder in there. Being egg. it could be egg. You know, there there's all kinds of different binders. Typically egg, right? Mm-hmm. And and then they roll them with their hands. So mostly homemade tater tots uh, or handmade are, are rolled around and they're delicious. Uh, and there's a couple bars I've been to that give that strong. There's a, I think, I think the Hofbrau house in Columbus actually had them for a while. Oh, they were round, Hofbrau. the round homemade tater tots and they give you the beer cheese. Oh, that is just phenomenal but i those those processed tater tots like those are the ones i'm like i don't i don't ever want to see a non-processed processed tater tots they do it right whatever that magical machine is that kicks them out in that perfect little cylinder shape uh they need to stick around forever certainly the process you you can't do that by home you can't do that by hand i don't i don't think it's possible you guys ever been to the hofbrown vegas Mm-hmm. Yes. How does it compare to the one in Ohio? Different. It uh, the one here's 
Can I give you a good story? I, this is a good story. Jones has been to the one in Germany. And I think you have too, Leon. I've been to that one too, yeah. Uh, well, I'm still a Stein master in Columbus, so I have a Stein in a locker there, and I will not lose it. The um, the one in Vegas, this is a great story. It It's Vegas-fied all the way, right? Just like anything there, Top Golf is Vegafied. Everything is just over the top. There when you uh you can ask the waitress for one of those uh like ski uh, paddle shots you know the mm-hmm. the paddles from like days confused right they come out with those paddles it's a with, flight yeah with schnapps though they'll have like one thing oh. of schnapps on it so you you take that schnapps or really strong alcohol and usually if it's your birthday or whatever you're celebrating and then yeah, you there's always an the table yeah, and the waitress beats the crap out of you. I with remember it that in yeah, Vegas, very Vegas-ish. I've seen that. Yeah. It's it's awesome, but no <laughs> other Hofbrauhaus house does that. So well, I, I was not. With, I don't see that I was with, in Bavaria. No, but Mister Q didn't know that, and oh. so he was the one at Columbus. He was trying to like talk to the waitress on the side to try to get her to beat my ass with it. He's like, hey, hey. Uh, how much is it? How much is it for uh, for the shot uh, and the smack uh, in the ass? We don't do and she's that like, here, what? <laughs> yeah. What? You know, you know, you give him a shot and he smack his ass. Like, sir, I I'm not doing yes. that. I don't know what you're asking. You sound it like ho- you're from the coast. It was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> I love Mr. Q. <gasps> that wraps up parenting. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Leon. Sir, how are you feeling today? I am angry about Christmas spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good because it's time for Leon Loads. So far, Danny, I haven't heard a single logical reason. No, no, don't accept this. It's frustrating. And we haven't cured cancer. We have not cured cancer. I don't know the answer. I'm just ranting about it. Look, I think that everyone should go through the painstaking effort of decorating your home or apartment or mobile home for the holidays. It is a rite of passage we all go through. We enjoy the wonderful turkey, turkey dinner. We fatten up. We root for the Detroit Lions to lose. And then and then we wake up the next morning with a horrible turkey hangover. And we ha- know we have to go risk our life for the next three days standing on some ladder and decorating our house so that Santa Claus can find us. I almost <laughs> killed myself no less than six times this weekend. I was hanging out of a window. I had my five-year-old daughter holding on to my leg. Hold on to my leg. Hold on to my leg. I'm like, you don't, you're not even an eighth of my weight. I don't know why. It's just, those are a horrible thing for me to say. I was like, if I go, she's going with me. So I'm just asking my daughter <laughs> you go, to, we to go. die with me. <laughs> The death-defying things that I pulled off for a mediocre light show at best on my house right now is so frustrating when I see these signs 
all, and I don't know if they have these in Arizona or up in Northern California, but there's signs everywhere here for Christmas decoration companies. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you take that out, if you take that way out, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> you need to get out there and feel this Christmas spirit and go risk your life and get on that damn ladder and shock yourself or wrap lights around a tree in a very painstaking methodical way only to plug it in and realize two of the light strings don't work at all. And then you got to take it all off again. Next thing you know, it's nighttime. You're ready to shred every, I mean, I think the national lampoons Christmas vacation nailed that. And <laughs> all angst, of us, the angst yeah, of the uh, neighbors, it, the <laughs> little lights aren't twinkling. I'm telling you, it's, it's a, it's part of a holiday. It's how you appreciate the holiday. When I go down the street and I see a bunch of lights that look really good. I'm like, these people worked hard, but now I can't, I can't say that because now I'm like, maybe they cheaped out or not cheaped out. I mean, it's probably more expensive to have somebody come decorate your house, but I don't respect that. I don't respect anyone out there who's not decorating their own house. Just leave it black or at least put up a, a candle in your window. You know, if you're going to go totally lazy, do that, but don't, don't pay someone to come decorate your house. That is, it's un-American. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> I uh, I can't decide what's worse is the people that have the decorators come and bring their own lights or if it's the decorators that say, yeah, I'll come put them up, but you got to provide them garbage, mm. full garbage. service or no service, sir. That's right. That's right. I I couldn't agree more. Mr. Jones, where do you weigh in on this? I need I need an answer and I need it now. Oh, I'm not paying anyone to put my lights up, but uh, I completely agree with you in some ways. You got to get into the spirit. I mean, that's the whole thing. Now, death defying as you will, that's your own choice. <laughs> Hanging <laughs> off the house and, you know, going, hey, don't let go. I got neighbors who did it. I got, there's people on the street that have weird, not easily accessible areas where they want to decorate. And in that case, you know, I mean, these, these people come in, it's not just a, a husband and wife with a big ladder. I mean, they come in with equipment, they come in with a cherry picker, they come in with scaffolding. Yes. Like it's, a, it's a thing. Well, I mm -hmm. think it's cool. I'll say this is there's you a lot pay. of neighborhoods. Like it's a thousand dollar minimum, but you pay. Yeah. But like you get the whole house and the whole neighborhood gets into it. I got friends that do that here in the Sacramento area. They get a cherry picker that comes in and everyone gets their turn and put their lights up and it's a lot of fun, but um, no, I'm not paying someone to put lights up around my house. I'm not paying anyone to do that. Sorry. Um, you there, peon. Take your staple gun and $15 and do this for me. I will say it's kind of funny. I do more decorating for Halloween than I do for Christmas. Ooh. As oh, does my street. That would be my interesting topic like to talk about. Yeah, yeah, because I had some serious people going out for Halloween that are just kind mm -hmm. of meh. I I think Halloween for me, I have more time on my hands in December. There's just none. There's none that exists. So the answer is just, it just gets the minimum treatment here of I'm participating. I get a, a check mark, not a check minus. Some of it is checking a box. Yeah. Some, some people go overboard. There's, there are some houses in my neighborhood that look like somebody vomited all oh. over their yard. Oh, I have, um, one, I have one here. I'll, I'll send you guys a video. They do a light show on Sunday. They all, everyone, the whole neighborhood comes down and it's massive. 
That's kind of cool. Santa shows up. Yes. We can, it's we, can cool. definitely share, we can share pictures of that offline. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, really, I got really a house cool. down the street, seven, eight houses down from me, uh, that's Jewish. Oh. And they go all out in, in Jewish lighting. <laughs> Good. My name Menorah, doesn't do it that at all. Solid blue, uh, that deep, deep, like royal blue mm-hmm. light that I guess is associated with with the with the shamash. I mean, it's the festival of lights, right? Yeah. So I, am I, am I right? It's yeah. fucking on brand. Light yeah. Light it up. But that's it's kind of fun to me that it's you know oh, it's not Christmas lights with holiday lighting now. It's like all right, well, it's you know festivus, whatever. It's. Just, have, get a staple happy gun and Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. There you go. Join in. So good on you, Leon. I I have neighbors who do employ that service. Now you've been to my neighborhood. You've seen the size of some of the houses in my neighborhood. So uh, I put up the antenna, and I had to rent the cherry picker from Home Depot to do it. And I don't know that I ever want to get that high up and that far over in order to staple lights into my eve. But at some point we kind of fall back on what our, uh, our mutual friend, General Chisel likes to say is I'm getting old. I'll just pay somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, fuck it. Just come on in. Like he would not. How hard is it to hang a bracket for a television on a wall? Like it takes 30 minutes if you're rusty. Right. And right. he's like, no, I just, I paid the best buy guy 150 bucks. Like 150 bucks. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I, no, I'm not. No, you lift it. You lift well, the television. And here's one, just curious. Do you guys mow your lawn? Actually, yes. Uh, uh, don't have a lawn. Do you have another analogy? Do you, do you, do you have a leaf blower? Do you have any lawn care? You don't have any. Do you lawn? vacuum your carpet? I, I, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, I mow my yeah, lawn. I, I have a blower. I blow. I blow this shit off my fake grass. Yeah, you don't mow another man's lawn. Hashtag desert. Uh, I. Do not do any of my yard care at all. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I totally take I, for that. Totally. I'm less upset about that because, you know, I mean, that's an every, that, that's a serious commitment not to do it. that. Now I yeah. do do it because it's uh, my yard here is, you know, a, a half the size as it was in Ohio. And, and I really pushed hard for triple B to let me get a tractor. <laughs> you know, I, I had nowhere to put it so she wouldn't let me get it but it's too far here, yeah you gotta have a place to put it yep. which, which by the way i'm totally lying because she would let me get a tractor in a heartbeat i just i i use her as an excuse for you not buying it fucking but, quitter yeah i don't know where i would Bush. put it doesn't matter but, yeah it's it's good exercise but here's the here's the crazy thing my my Except lawnmower the dog didn't didn't make uh, that's that part sucks, but you gotta pick it up anyway. What do you slop? Pick well, I mean, my dogs <laughs> shit all over your fake yard, they love that. Um, yeah, I gotta pick that part up. <laughs> there's, there's no fertilizing fake grass, <laughs> but uh, you know, my lawnmower didn't make it out here, so my uncle let me borrow his lawnmower, and it's the first time I've ever used a plug in lawnmower in my life. Have you ever used one of these? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a miserable experience. Oh, I loved it. It's miserable. <laughs> I didn't even know these existed. I mean, how unsafe is this? You know, you got to uh, like try to hold it. How many times you pull the plug while you're mowing? And I know I'm going to run over my foot. Uh, I know yeah, cord management it. is a thing. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. 
for sure. That's a skill. Board management is a thing. Uh, what I loved about it was you never ran out of juice. You always had consistent mowing. If you if you let go of the thing, you could immediately pop it right back on. Like it was start and go. There was no engine warm up. There was no let the pistons do their thing. You never had to worry about oil. You never had to worry about gas. So yeah, cord management, that's a bitch. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Big time. It was bitch. quiet. I, I, I loved it. Oh, it's much quieter. I, I'm, I know I'm going to run over the cord or my foot. One of those two is going to happen. I don't know how I haven't done it already. So it's get yourself dangerous. one of those retractable extension cords and mount it to the ceiling. That's what I did. Or boom, problem solved. Buy a battery powered one or a gas powered one because you know I hate the planet. Because you hate so, the planet, right? Because you're the, the you're the Sultan of Wokistan. Yes. Yeah, come on. Exactly. Yeah. Don't kill us. <laughs> one plastic bag at a time. One plastic bag at a time. I thought that was really funny when you said that because we were, <laughs> why why did you Brian the turkey in a bag? Because I hate the planet. <laughs> That to me was just precious. I love that. And here he goes. <laughs> just double the recipe. <laughs> but it did come out okay, right? You only, you only burn the spice. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah what, it was really I just wanna, the rub I that wonder, burned. What rub did you use? <laughs> <laughs> it makes no, no sense. All right. Uh, I don't know that the Magic 25 need to know all my failures here, but I will help them anyway. Oh, we are going oh, to get Come on, deep. the Bobs know that we're mortal. <laughs> Uh, yes, I used a rub and a brine out of a kit, which is where the bag came from. And the rub was fine, but the rub was intended for the whole kit was actually intended for roasting in an oven. And I sprayed it with uh, the olive oil mix on the on the skin like you're supposed to when you smoke and then i put that on there and many of the ingredients in that rub don't interact sugar. well with the smoker yeah there was sugar in there sugar and, answer sugar and it burned quick 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 and i don't you know it was a windy day i knew we talked about that i was really mm -hmm. concerned so i really didn't want to open up the smoker so i let that thing go for two hours before i ever opened it and that's when it was burned. After that, oh. I, once I once I put the uh, the foil over the top and everything, it never burned any more than that. But it was uh, already too late at that point. So I would but say if that it wasn't so windy, it wouldn't have been happen. Yeah, I don't no, you know. lose all the heat in the wind. It was ripping, man. I, I it just, know it would blow all the heat. It was out of the very bunker. windy that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I was shocked. I was like, how did that happen so quickly? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah they it got was way too high. But yeah, yeah if, if but honestly, if I brushed off. I brushed off a lot of the uh, the uh, rub, and it was brown underneath. So and the skin was brown, but the rub was black. So that's that's really interesting. What it was super good, right? Delicious, yeah, amazing. It's it was probably the the most. It's also the first turkey I ever used in a uh, flavor injector too, because. Oh everything I ever read about smoking a turkey is you got to protect the moisture. And, uh, you know, that's why you really want to seal the outside and you want to use a flavor injector. And I did that. And uh, honestly, the, the dark meat especially was the most delicious dark meat I've ever had on a turkey in my life. It absorbed everything in that brine and everything in the, uh, in the injector. I mean, the, the breasts, meat is it's white meat it's good it's good moist as long as it's moist 
it's good, you know, but uh, the dark meat was unreal. So, yeah, I haven't injected one in a long time, but I think just the overall treatment of a brine for a turkey is the quintessential like must going forward. Like you have to take the salts, the salts basically lock in all the moisture for the cook itself. So it's a, it's a big thing. And then just the injectors just add, you know, another level of flavor to it, which is always really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm smoker for life now. I don't know that I mm-hmm. could ever do a turkey outside of a smoker now because it was amazing. I, I need to do some beer butt chicken next. That's that's what's going to happen. Just remember yeah. my list. Heat the heat the beer first, and then stuff the beer filled with the rub, and then mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the herbs. Take a bunch of herbs mm-hmm. and throw a bunch of herbs in there. Yeah, Dude, that's my that, okay. I've done a ton, and then I finally did it that way. It's night and day, and it was so good. Oh, awesome. So good. What can I? Well, that wraps up our show, gentlemen. Uh, do you guys remember the old school daily show with, was it mm-hmm. Kilborn? Oh, Kilborn, yeah. Kilborn, I think Stuart kept it going for a while, but remember the moment of Zen? Yes. Mm, now, I'd like to introduce something like a moment of Zen. I don't know what we call it, like uh, bottom of the bottle, perhaps. What, what should we call it? But the, the last parting thoughts that I'll, I'll leave you with is mobile phone throwing is a national sport in Finland. Look it up. <laughs> if you like the show, please tell your friends about it. Share with others. If you're listening to this right now to a podcast app, please follow us. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. We're across wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, tell others listen on we're pretty good about recording but i'm not as good about editing and publishing so that one's on me but we try and do this every week um you can email us at the show bottle of brown at gmail.com you can leave emails for leon for mr jones for danny anybody that we've had in the show you can contest anything we've talked about you can leave us ideas for content but we want to hear from you regardless whether you're one of the magic 25 uh, I like to refer to you as the Bobs. You can give us a call at 602-529-4562. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. That's it for tonight. We'll see you next time. Same brown time, same brown channel. Bottleofbrown.com. This place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>